Hi, and welcome to Gospel Mission Church's message podcast. We pray as you listen, God would meet you and speak to you in a personal way. Here's this week's message from Pastor Corey. Good morning. Yeah, we've been having just a great weekend here, and we're not quite done yet. So anyone who's not here just missed out, right? You can tell them that. You missed out, you know, just like that. Hey, that last song, wow, some powerful stuff. Hey, can we just look at a couple of those slides again? Look at that. Guys, this is speaking about your identity, all right? You're blessed, you're called, healed, you're made whole, you're saved in the name of Jesus. And one more slide, there it is. You're highly favored, you're anointed, you're filled with power. Come on, church, isn't that a little exciting this morning? Man, I'm just like, God, that's... That's me and that's you, right? And you go, I'm not feeling it. Hey, that's okay. We're on a journey together. We believe God's going to continue to do some great work and open our minds. And Father, that's our prayer this morning. That's our prayer this morning, that you would open our minds to the reality of how you see us, how you have blessed us, how you have anointed us, God, to bring glory to you, Father. And I believe that as we do that, not only do we find purpose, but we also find healing in our lives. So, Father, just give us a revelation of these truths personally to each one of us here today so we can see more clearly how you see us. In your name we pray, amen. Right on. Hey, guys, you ever feel like you're fighting a losing battle in life? A few of you? Yeah. (laughs) Right? Yeah, for sure. Way more hands went up in first service, just saying. Um, I was like, as I was thinking about this, I was like, that, that kind of kind of encompassed my, my winter, right? Because we live um, in, a, in a bay at the other end of town, and, and our, we're right at the end of the bay, and our house faces north, and it feels like, I'm not saying it's true, but it felt like all of the snow that came into Winkler kind of funneled itself right onto our driveway. <laughs> and I don't know if, if, how, how your, your bay or your street is, but there's sort of these unspoken rules that if you're going to have a concrete driveway, you have to keep it clear. Right? And so there's this peer pressure that I was struggling with. Because on, on one side of me, you know, I, I've, got, I've got some amazing family, and they're sort of semi-retired, so as soon as that first flake hits, poof, they're out there, you know. On the other side of me, I've got a family, they have three young boys, and it's like as soon as the flake hits, poof, they're out there, vroom, clearing with all this stuff. And I'm just like, how can I, how can I compete, right? And then you know how it goes, right? It's so it's like, one, you know, you don't get all the snow right away, and then someone drives on, and the dreaded tracks get embedded, right? And so I'm directing traffic, like, kids, park out there. Corey, you park on that bay over there. Keep it clear, right? You know? And, and then all of a sudden, it's like someone drives on my driveway, and they don't even live there. They just do that because they see the snow, and they want to, you know, annoy me. I don't know what it is. It's like, who are you? Why are you on my driveway? Back and forth, back and forth. Man. So here's my confession, all right? My confession is I gave up, you know? And I was like, I'm like, okay, babe, just, just like point it straight for the garage door. Hope we hit it, you know, as we're just going over and over, right? <laughs> yeah. But there's a lot of other battles that we fight, right, that are much more serious. And one of the things is we've come out of a set-free retreat weekend just, just about a week ago is... is just recognizing the continued battle that goes on in here, right? And if I could have a conversation with each one of you, how many of us would say that we feel like we're losing that battle right now, right? It's hopelessness, this despair, right? You know, this battle that goes on in our hearts and our minds. 
And I really believe that some of our, our, our most difficult conflict is actually takes place right here, right? And I think this battle that we're fighting, that so many of us fight on a daily basis, it really boils down to two things, and it's truth or lies, right? Right? It's this idea about how we see ourselves or how we see God, or, 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 or addictions, or sin, or anger, or resentment, or selfishness, or low self-esteem, all of these battles going on inside of us, what's true, what's a lie, right? You know, for example, you, you're maybe here this morning, and you've been told often enough that you're not good enough, that you'll never amount to anything because of the brokenness that you came out of, or even because of the sins that you're already struggling inside, that you're never, never going to succeed in life, Right? You know, and we take these wounds and our heart begins to process them and emotions and all of that stuff, you know, and it begins to send these messages to our brain and, and then we begin to live out in our actions that life is fruitless or hopeless, right? And I think for some of us, that's why it, comes, it becomes very difficult for us to even honestly evaluate who we are, right? You know, and I, I see people that are so gifted and so talented, and you, you try and compliment them, you try and encourage them about the future, but it feels like those, those compliments just sort of bounce off, right? And maybe, maybe that's, that's you this morning, that you just can't accept that you're actually more than what you see in, inside of you, right? And, and that's what a wounded heart does, doesn't it? A wounded heart that, that creates, you know, ideas and thoughts of negativity inside of our minds, and not only then these things can come from our past, but, but they have this, this intense way of infecting our, our present and, and even our future, right? And over and over in people's lives, I see these patterns get lived out, you know, where our heart carries these emotions and these experiences that, that, that have happened to us. We process them and we create a response that, that I think so often just ends up in our mind and it's a mind of turmoil, right? Where we can't sleep and the thoughts are destructive and dark so often. I don't know about you guys, um, but I'm finding it hard to remember all the parts of my life. Maybe it's because I'm 48 now and there's been a, a chunk of life to live. Huh. But, but it's, it's, it's funny how, how some of the things that, that have happened in our life, they, they kind of really stick, right? And I was trying to think of an analogy because I hate sticky things. I have a phobia to things that are sticky. Huh. And, and, uh, and I, the worst thing, I was like, okay, you know, getting gum on the bottom of your shoe. You know, and it's like no matter how hard you tried and pry that off, it gets ingrained in those little lines in the bottom of your shoe, right? And it's like every time you, you, you step, it's just like this little stick, you know, and it's like, ah, oh, it's so annoying. But sometimes I think that's like the thoughts in, inside of us, right? And especially, isn't it, isn't, it, isn't it interesting how it's the negative thoughts that seem just to stick and you just can't quite get rid of them, right? And, and we carry them with us and, and it begins to to, to have an effect on just how we see life, right? And, and on top of that, you know, we live in this, this emotional overload of information, right? As, as we talked about this a few months back in another message I gave, that, that on average we're, we're spending three to five hours receiving input about who we are, how we should feel about ourselves, how we should act, how we should live, what we're missing out on from all our devices that we're so addicted to, Right? And all of this just, I believe, creates an overload of information, and unfortunately so much of it is telling you of who you're not or you're not good enough or reminding us of our past. And it creates this destructive environment inside of us. But the good news, ah, there's always got to be some good news, right, when, when, we're, when we're coming together in, in the house of God, is that we don't actually have to live in captivity to the thoughts, especially the negative ones in our minds this morning. That's good news, right? Yeah, yeah. 
And some of the things I want to share with you this morning are, are things that I've been experiencing and, and, and living out and, and, and learning about, you know, my own pathway to, to mental health and emotional health and spiritual health as it pertains to the battle that's in my mind. And as I look at even the last three years of my life, God has done so much, and it's really by doing so many of the things that I just want to share with you this morning. And so as we think about the battle of our mind, the first place to start, and we've been talking about already, is just really understanding where the battle is. And Paul says in Romans 12 too, he says this, it says, do not, right? It's like, maybe you shouldn't, I would recommend against it. No, it's like, do not conform to the patterns of this world, right? And I think when, in this context that we're talking about and what the scripture goes on to say, there's this, this strong warning that we be so careful about how we spend our time and energy in regards to what we let in, right? What we think about, right? The information that we're being told on a regular basis. Because I think that as we, as we have these things flooding into our mind and if we have no filter over those things, they begin to shape how we see life and often, so often, hold us back from having the mind that Christ ordained for us to have, right? So he says, don't conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed, right? Where does transformation happen? As he says, in the renewing of our mind, guys. Of all the change and transformation, it happens right here. He said, that's the starting place. And then he says, as, as, we, as we choose to be careful about the things that we're told and the truth and the lies, and we commit our minds to the mind of Christ. He said what opens up is the world before us in the sense that we, we gain greater understanding and clarity of what God's will and purpose is for our life. And I think that's pretty exciting because there's so many people I run into. It's like, what does God want with my life? Right? We live so purposeless lives, right? So filled with, with, with just misdirection. If I was to ask you here this morning, how many of you, don't put your hands up, okay? Just, just think and think about it. How many of you would like to be a better person. Oh, even hands, okay, hands up anyways. I want to be a better person. I do. And yet it's hard sometimes because we sometimes feel so trapped by our past, right? So held back by the things that others have done to us or past failures or sins and all of that, right? And yet there's this battle going on inside of us. There's this longing inside of our hearts to be more than we are, right? Because we recognize somehow there's even more to be obtained in the way of peace or joy or even quality of relationships, right? And yet so often we're misguided to believe the lies that, that maybe our culture says that it all begins by transforming the outside, right? And so we spend money on clothes. We spend money maybe on gym memberships on makeup, on, on, on the right diets, you know, of, of changing the way we look in hopes that somehow, maybe by changing the way we look and enough people noticing or compliments or whatever, that somehow we're going to fix on the outside what's actually happening on the inside, right? And, and in that, we begin to run from place to place, from word to word, right? Maybe from church to church that maybe it's like, man, the last five churches didn't work for me. I hope this one can fix me, right? Or, or relationships, right? Well, that person didn't say what I wanted to hear or treat me in the way I wanted to, so we run from a relationship to relationship, hoping that somehow someone will say something, something will come from the outside, right, that will begin the change that we're just longing for on the inside, right? And, and not that all of those are bad things, but unfortunately they don't always work, right? And, and then as a last resort, and, and I'm just being honest, that sometimes we go to God, 
And I don't know if you ever prayed this. It's like, God, can you just change me? Right? Like maybe you're in a moment and you just kind of get so sick of yourself. Right? I don't know if you ever get to that place. I get to that place sometimes. And it's like, God, can you just change me? Like just right now, like just do it, right? And it's like, oh, I'm waiting, God. Come on, right? I believe God, right? We pray a prayer or whatever, and, and those are great things, but we, but we, we expect somehow God's just gonna, gonna, you know, open the top of our head and plop in a new brain, and it's like, ooh, new us, right? But, but the reality is, and you can trace this right back to the beginning of our story, the creation story, you know, God never intended for us to be ro- robotic, he never intended for him to, to just control our lives, right? He wanted to give us free choice, and it's so connected to, to, to love. And the thing we have to come to understand, as much as we might desire that and change it, that's not God's desire for how he wants to change us. Because I don't think there's any beauty or love in control, right? See, what I believe that God desires for each one of us is that we would begin to see and experience his beauty and see the beauty in the life that he has actually given us. But here's what I've learned in my days, that, that the greatest beauty that's ever to be experienced in life internally, and I even believe externally, will only come when we can begin to see life through his eyes. Right? We cannot manufacture the beauty that lays before us versus a life lived in Christ, daily taking on his word, his thoughts, his mind, the mind of Christ, right? That's, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about a, a transformed or a renewed mind, right? And he wants to help us in that journey to change the way you see life, see yourself, see God. And it begins, he says, with stop trying so hard to conform to the ideas and the actions of culture around us. Stop feeding our minds and our hearts with self-centered lies, with negativity, right? With self-pursuits. And I really believe that's why this is called a battle, right? Because to see our minds transformed, guys, I think there is only one path to see that happen, to come to a place of inner peace in our minds and in our hearts. And it's when we, first of all, commit ourselves, submit ourselves to God's word on a daily basis. We come to understand that his commandments are not to steal life, but to give life. And so as we commit ourselves to obedience, as hard as that is in a culture that doesn't care about morality, I believe that we will put ourselves on a pathway to experience the peace and freedom that Christ has promised each one of us here in this room. Right? And on top of that, the reality exists that the Holy Spirit wants to speak into your life every day. Every day, he wants to speak life about your identity, about your purpose, about who you are, about how to navigate life. And sometimes he wants to speak with, with healthy, loving convictions, right? But when we, when we allow the information of our culture to overload, it silences the voice that just is yearning inside of us to break out so that he can lead us into a better future. It's good, eh? Yeah. Whew. So if we want to move forward in this, the second thing I want to share with you is that we need to begin to understand the weapons necessary to fight this battle. 2 Corinthians 10 says this, So for though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh, for the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but they have divine power to destroy strongholds. 
See, we live in North America, and it's a great place, right? But, but unfortunately, the spirit world in North America has really been overlooked. We've missed out on what's actually going on, right? And, and I get it, right? We're, we're so much about what we can taste or feel or touch or see, and, and that easily becomes our reality. And what Paul is saying, that, that we've got to stop viewing the battle for our minds as this, as this thing of the flesh that we can change with our own efforts, Right? It's not about a change on the inside, but, but long before we were even created, there was a spiritual realm, right? With, with, with good, with light, with, with darkness, and it was all wrapped in there. And that spiritual realm is still alive today, and that's what Paul is speaking to, that we can't ignore the battle that's going on. Because there, there, there's a plan, there's a plan for your life, and, and, and our plan for our life, we're going to get into that for, for a moment, that God has, but, but the enemy has a plan for your life. And his whole plan is based on simple, simple lies versus truth, right? Where he hopes that he can plant an idea in your mind about your value or worth or plant a temptation inside of your mind about chase after that. That will feel good. That will be good for you, right? And in hopes that we will believe the lie or fall to that sin because his ultimate goal then is as we do that, as we give in to those things, he begins to create a stronghold inside of our mind. And once he's established that lie inside of our mind, it, it gives him full access into our thoughts every day, right? And we wonder, why, why does the battle just never go away? Why, why is it so relentless, right? For so many of us, we're carrying these strongholds inside of us, right? That God desires to break off. And so that's why, that's why Paul goes on to say, he said, so okay, so what do we do here? Well, he says in Ephesians 6.11, he says, put on the full armor of God, right? And our first thought is this physical armor that we go to. But Paul's speaking of it, a spiritual armor, right? We're talking about divine power to destroy spiritual strongholds. He said, so that you can take the stand against the devil's schemes, right? So this idea that the spiritual battles that we daily fight are, are battles in the spiritual realm, but God has given us weapons, and the specific weapon for our mind that I think he was so intentional in connecting came in verse 17 where he says, take the helmet of salvation. And I think it's with great intention that he connects the, the, the fact that he knew there'd be a battle in our mind and asking us to put on the helmet of salvation. And that is so important, guys, because the helmet of salvation speaks the truth. Right? It speaks about the gospel story that, 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 that says that, that, that our, in our identity that we are loved and we are accepted by the King of kings and the Lord of lords, that the God of the universe has a place for you at his table. Right? The, the gospel story speaks that we are forgiven, that God wants to set us free. It speaks about a new future, not only in heaven someday, but even on the planet today, that you can't even begin to recognize the goodness of God because we're often so trapped in our sins. And so he says, put on the helmet of salvation, right? And David in Psalm 20 says, may we shout for joy over your salvation. Amen. Because David understood there was a battle going on for truth and lie. God, will I ever be a king? I'm stuck in this cave. Life seems so hopeless and pointless. But he recognized the gospel story was a saving story, salvation for the world. So he says, rejoice, shout for joy that salvation claims a new future. Whew. Come on, eh? That's for all of us here. And I love it. Whew. So he says, every day, put on that helmet, right? Put on that helmet of salvation that begins to act like a filter between lies and truth. Lies and truth. 
And then he goes on to say, because what, what's happening, guys, how many of you guys argue in your head? <laughs> so many arguments sometimes, right? About yourself, about decisions. Oh, man, guys, so many arguments that go into my head sometimes. And Paul must have known this would be the battle, the battle of our generation, the battle of our time. So he goes on to say, so now we destroy every argument, every lofty opinion, right, that says that we're not good enough, I don't need God, I'm, I'm smarter than God, right? I, I can live my life without God. All of these lies and all of these lofty opinions, we destroy them against the knowledge of God, right? And so what Paul is saying, guys, don't just focus on all these lies, but we actually need to turn ourselves from those lies towards the word of Christ, towards the truth of Christ. And as we focus on those, those things are actually going to empower us to push back the lies. Whew. That's how we do warfare. And it's awesome. So we destroy arguments, every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. We take every thought captive to obey Christ. And this is how we use the spiritual weapon, right? For us to win the battle in our minds, Paul is saying, take each negative, lustful, resentful, angry, destructive thought that enters our brain and capture the lies. So I was doing a little bit of research in neuroscience this past week. Thought maybe you'd think I was a little smarter if I did something like that. I can tell it's working. You're impressed. <laughs> Neuroscience has done a lot of research in the brain lately, and what they're finding is that we process in excess of 70,000 thoughts a day. That's a lot. And what they're finding is that in many people, in many cases, up to 80% of those thoughts can be negative or repetitive. And I go, wow, God, no wonder we're getting beat. That's huge. How, how, how do we overcome that, right? How do we begin to overcome that? I think it's when we learn to filter things through the eyes of God. How many of you guys ever made coffee without a filter? <laughs> yeah. One of the things uh, my son and I learned when we, uh, we started Whitecap three plus years ago, four years ago, is, is that... That the type of filter you choose makes all the difference in a good cup of coffee. So now imagine you come into Whitecap and you get a cup of coffee and we've just chosen that day. You know what? Who needs a filter? Right? And we just let it go. You know? And you're taking your first sip and, and your first thought is this going to be great? And then all of a sudden this is terrible. And, 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 and on top of that you've got grounds in your mouth. And you come back to me and say, hey, hey we got, there's coffee grounds in here. I said, yeah, hey, no big deal. Just pick them out. I don't think you come back, right? And, and so it's kind of like madness to think about that. Now, now I'm thinking about 70,000 thoughts, 80% of them possibly being negative or repetitive. God, how do I deal with this? How do I deal with this, right? How do I learn, right? How do I create that filter to fight with, guys? And I think, and I'm going to say it again and again, it comes when we daily saturate our minds with the things of Christ, the thoughts of Christ, God's word, the Holy Spirit who wants to speak into our lives. When we give ourselves to praying over the word, praying to God daily, meditating on the word for a revelation for our lives. Guys, this is the pathway. This is what creates the filter, the helmet of salvation in our minds so that we can deal with the overwhelming amount of information and sometimes spiritual attack that we deal with on a daily basis. Right? It's not about you being better. It's just about you walking in the things of Christ so he can fight for you. Right? 
And so in all of this, guys, it's a reminder of what we're fighting for. Because I believe our, our flesh, it craves so many things. But at the end of the day, when you put your head on your pillow, I believe that more than anything, God, I just crave peace in my mind. I crave peace in my relationships. I crave peace in my family. I crave peace with you, God. I believe that, that if we're honest and we really do some soul-searching, peace is our highest priority that I think that we are just so, so yearning for in our hearts, right? And so in Philippians 4, 7, he says, Then, guys, and this is keeping all the things we've talked about in mind, it filters to this. Then you'll experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. Guys, God wants to supernaturally touch you with a peace that is beyond understanding. Right? It's not a peace that we can manufacture on ourselves. This is a peace that, that as we, we engage in God, God's truth and word, the Holy Spirit wants to supernaturally download something inside of you that you were never able to obtain on your own efforts. Right? That's his desire. And what will this peace do? His peace will guard our heart and our minds, guys. Where's the battle? It's in our heart and our minds. And he's saying this peace of God it wants to guard our heart and minds. Well, what does that look like again? Well, do you know the word guard is a root word out of the word garrison? And when I, when, I, when I looked up the meaning of garrison, it's a group of soldiers that are dedicated to guarding a castle or a citadel day and night. Day and night, they're guarding. They're guarding against the attacks of the enemy. Day and night, guarding the attacks of the enemy, guys. That's what the word of God wants to do in your life. It wants to guard day and night against the attacks of the enemy, Right? And that's what Paul is referring to here, right? I think in, in this case, to experience the peace of God, we need to guard or have a filter on our thoughts because our thoughts are continually being stolen and hijacked in a way that creates a mind of turmoil, right? And so the last thing I want to share with you is, is just a deeper understanding of how we begin to fight effectively. Because I think we fight so much in life, we fight against so many things, and so many of our efforts go in vain because we don't understand how to fight, right? And so I want to read this last piece of scripture to you. And it says, and now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. One final thing. Fix your thoughts. Guys, fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about what is excellent and worthy of praise. And then he goes on to say, keep putting into practice. You see, practice is hard work. Keep putting into practice day by day by day of fixing your thoughts. The key word is fix because Paul knew that whatever we would fixate our minds on would gain mastery over our minds. What are you fixating your mind on daily? Three to five hours on your phone, right? Another two hours, Netflix. I got to keep, keep up on, on this series, right? And all of the other negative input that comes in, again, telling us who we're not or who we need to be. No wonder we're losing. What is your mind fixed on? Paul says, fix it on all the things that are good, all the things that are of God, right? And he says, the antidote to the loop of negative thoughts Come by fixating your thoughts on, on new thoughts that are more life-giving, more powerful. And David practiced this every day. I'm going to rip through a couple of Psalms here. He said in Psalm chapter 1, I will meditate on your law day and night. In Psalm 39, I will meditate on your unfailing love. I will meditate on your mighty deeds in Psalm 77. And then in 119, I will meditate on your precepts and all your ways. I will meditate on all of your deeds. I will meditate on all of your statutes. I will meditate. I will meditate on your works. I will meditate. What's he doing? Yeah, on what? 
on God and all the things he did and all the promises. Do you know the promises that rest in the word of God that are for you, that talk about your freedom, that talk about your life, that talk about inner healing and inner peace? We need to know those things because that's how we do battle. Yeah. Right? Because, guys, the filter of your mind will determine if you see, a lo- see life with hope and possibility and optimism or a life of negativity and pessimism and cynicism, right? And that's within our grasp. It's within our grasp when we choose to filter what comes in and out, when we choose the information that we allow in, right? Because I believe that if we allow our lives and our minds to fill with negativity and distrust and cynicism, that's a mind that has been given permission to create that world, right? And, and, and it's hard for me sometimes because, God, I don't want to be the one to blame for this, for this mess, right? But, but the reality from what I read in Scripture that we've been getting every, every weapon necessary to achieve victory in our life, that doesn't mean there's not going to be daily battles as a one-and-done thing. But every day we've been given the weapons to achieve victory in our life, right? But so often, you know, we, we look at this and we go, well, it's, it's not my fault. And yet what Scripture is telling us that, that it's up to us. And that it's time to stop giving the enemy permission to destroy us. Right? Because that's what we do when we don't deal with this stuff in our life. Guys, and, and some of you may know this, but, but when they're training an elephant, they take an elephant as, as just a little baby elephant, and right away they'll tie it to a peg and a rope that's just strong enough to hold that elephant. But do you know that as that elephant grows into this, this multi-ton creature, they never have to increase the size of the rope or the peg to hold it in place because it's so bound by its past memories, right? And how many of us are, are bound by our past memories on something that, that is just a, a twig? Because like, I want to break that in your life. Is that going to be hard work? For sure it is. Is it going to take commitment? Is it going to take daily battle? Well, for sure it is, Right? Because I really believe that, that, that for God's peace to come into our life, we have to fix our gaze on God. God has to be the object of peace, our object of hope, and we have to stop trying to find hope in all these external things because they're going to continually let us down at some point in our life, right? And so as we engage relentlessly against the negative lies, right, against the, the wounds from our past by by, by entering into God's presence, entering into his word, we create a whole new environment for victory, right? And this isn't easy. We talk about it in the Conqueror series all the time for healing, for, for, for men who are addictions. And I think this even broadens beyond just that topic. It's a two to five year process. First of all, we have to break down the spiritual strongholds that rest inside of our minds and our hearts, right? But then it doesn't stop there because there's actually been damages. Our brains have been rewired to think in, in, into certain patterns, right? And those patterns are shaped by our addictions, by our strongholds. So not only do we need a spiritual um, stronghold broken, but we also need a healing in our mind. And that's why this takes time. So that means we need perseverance, right? We need to be in the Word of God so we're reminded not to give up, to keep going, to be here, to give ourselves to worship to give ourselves to the things that, that, that we're encouraging you to gauge in because we need a daily reminder not to give up, right? And what's going to happen, guys, is as your mind begins to experience healing and freedom through the truth and the word of God, your faith is going to grow. And don't we need faith, guys? Don't we need faith? Because imagine this. Imagine today 
how much less you would worry, be filled with fear, if you lived with the faith that all of God's promises were actually true. Right? Think about that. What if we actually believed everything the Bible said about us? About his faithfulness, about his goodness, about his kindness, about the way that he will provide when we are in need, in his right time, in his right way. Think about the possibilities, right? Imagine if even in our most painful and difficult times, we would be able to see every moment as a promise that God would meet you there. Not that it's hard, not that we don't feel like giving up, not that we don't fall down sometimes, but we get back up because the promises of God are flowing through us, bringing new life and new hope on a daily basis. So that when we come into these difficult situations, these seasons of brokenness or hurt, where life doesn't go the way we plan or dream about, but that there's something that's actually carrying us, right, supernaturally, like the peace of God, right? So you guys, God has offered us this great gift of inner healing. Right? And I really believe it begins with his word and, and becoming dedicated to it. I really b- believe, guys, it begins when we choose to allow ourselves to just give ourselves to worship. I'm going to make a little confession. I don't always feel like worshiping when I come here on a Sunday morning. Because sometimes I had a bad week, a bad night, a bad morning. You know, and, and, I, and I used to just be content with it. Hey, it's just not my day. It's how it is. Next time, Right? And you know that, that I create an unhealthy pattern, almost an unhealthy stronghold in my mind of just giving in to that negative feelings, allowing my, my, my past and my weak and my difficult thought life and my struggles, whatever it is, I'm allowing that to dictate my present and actually steal away an opportunity for God to actually bring healing to that by giving in to that. And so I've learned, and I'm, I practice it right now, and you're going to say, that, that, that feels a bit fake or looks fake, and I'm going, I don't care because it works. That when I don't feel like worshiping, I do it anyways. I don't sing very well. I know that. During, during one event here, um, I got off stage and I, I clicked my mic off, but they forgot to turn it off in the inner, inner monitors. And, and this whole group up here was listening to me sing. And I was like, why are they looking at me so funny? Because I can't sing. <laughs> but you know, some of you guys here, there's no way I'm lifting a hand. You know, there's no way I'm giving myself to sing. It's like, I've been there, but man, you are missing an opportunity for God to do something great in your life. Let down your pride, guys. Let down your arrogance and just say, God, no, I don't care. I don't care if everybody else is doing it. I feel guilty or whatever it is. I don't care what my feelings are, my past. My emotions will not rule my inner man, and I'm going to worship you no matter what. You will see something happen in your life. I promise you guys. I promise you. I've sat there for so many years of my life not giving myself to God, not giving myself to worship, not giving myself fully to his leading, and I missed out. And it robbed life from my marriage and my family, and I'm sick of it. And I hope you are too. So do something that you don't want to do. Put a hand up. Sing. Whatever it takes. Worship God. It will free your heart. Ah, I love you guys, okay? <laughs> I love you guys, okay? This is not condemnation. <laughs> this, is just, this is just my journey towards freedom. And I don't want to go alone. Amen? Amen? Awesome. Hey, worship team, why don't you come up? and We're going we're gonna to worship together, right? Woo! Uh. Before we do that, though, I want to pray with you guys. I think that's so important that we just end this off that way.
<laughs> yeah, let's bow with me. Guys, at a, at a starting place for, for this time of prayer, I think God just wants to remind us of some things this morning. Guys, he wants to remind you that your life is not an accident. That not only are you on this planet with a purpose, you're here this morning with a purpose. God wants to remind you this morning that you matter to him. Even if if he doesn't matter to you, you matter to him. Even if you don't believe in, in him, he believes in you. I want you to know this morning that you, you have a significance and a purpose that is so much bigger than what you just see in front of you right now. I believe, guys, this morning that God wants to reaffirm his affection for you. Guys, if you've forgotten what it feels like to be loved, especially loved by God, he so badly yearns to show that to you. Right? Even as, as we sit here this morning and he looks down from heaven as his spirit fills this room this morning, his heart beats with adoration for you, with love for you, with hope for you, with joy for you. And I know some of us here have lost hope this morning because we haven't received the things that we prayed for. God just wants to remind you he's not forgotten about you. He's asking again, day by day, submit your will, submit your heart, submit your mind to him, and he'll be faithful to lead you where he knows is the best place for you. So you're not forgotten this morning. You're not forgotten this morning, right? So what's the battle going on in your mind this morning? Is it condemnation? Is it hopelessness? Is it despair? Is there a sin you've been struggling with that you just feel like you'll just never get past? And this is you where you've accepted your brokenness. You've accepted that stronghold. Right? Maybe it's about your future. That there'll be no blessings. There's no hope. Maybe it's just that you'll never be good enough. Whatever that is, what is your stronghold this morning? Whatever it is, you're here this morning because I believe God wants to show you and reveal to you that he too wants a new mind for you, a new future for you, a new hope for you, a new purpose if you're living without purpose. And so guys, this is just one step in that direction. This is one step in that direction. There's going to be so many battles ahead. But there's, there's victory that can be ours. There's ground that needs to be taken, guys. But we have to be relentless in rechanging our focus, our thoughts, what we give our heart, our mind, our attention to. So here this morning, you say, I, I don't want to battle like this anymore. I want to battle with God. You just put your hand up this this morning, yeah, top there, up top, so many hands, thank you, over on the sides, awesome, thank you, in the middle, here in the front, 
on the other side. Yeah, up front here. Thank you, guys. You can put your hands down. Say, God, I want to stop battling in the relationships in my life. I want, to, I want to be a better father, a better husband, a better friend, a better wife. God, there's so much inner turmoil. There's so much turmoil in our family and our relationships. And God, I want to do that better. I want, to, I want to fight that battle differently. That's you this morning. Just put up your hands. Say, I want something different. I, yeah. Oh, thank you, God. Thank you. Awesome. Totally. Thank you, guys, up top and up front. Hmm. Father, for each person who raised their hand this, this morning, I just ask right now, Holy Spirit, that you would just begin flooding their hearts and their minds right now with just a new sense of hope. That you just be flooding their hearts and their minds with a new sense of joy, that, that there are new possibilities. There is a better future, God, that, that whether we receive everything we want or our, our circumstances go our way or not, God, that they're in spite of all of those things, in spite of our past, God, that you would just give them a revelation that you will be faithful, God, that there is hope to be experienced in their life, God, that there is, there is a, a better life that, that awaits in you, God, than that what they are seeing right now. I just pray, Holy Spirit, you would just flood them with that truth. Hmm. Thank you, Father. Thank you. And I just pray that as they leave here, God, and maybe the, the feelings and emotions of, of this message and this weekend might fade away in a day or two or less, God, that then you would just uh, let a holy fire inside of them, God, a holy fire inside of them that would just, just give them new perseverance, a new will to fight, but to fight in an effective way, in a new way, God. Fight that spiritual battle for our mind by taking on the helmet of salvation, God. That is my prayer, that you would help them to fight well. Give them courage, God. Give them perseverance, God. Increase their self-discipline. And then, God, we will, we will someday, whether it's here on this earth or someday in heaven, we will celebrate and tell stories of your goodness, of your deliverance, right, of your faithfulness. guys just a little bit more I, I just I know I didn't ask but some of you all of this it sounds really great but but you don't actually have a relationship with God or you've walked away and in order for you to receive what I'm talking about and, and don't get me wrong God has not been withholding anything from you he's been waiting for you he's been waiting for you because he has so much in store for you he wants to fight alongside of you. He doesn't want, he's not fighting against you. You feel like God's been fighting against you. That's just not true. That's just a lie from the enemy. And if you're here this morning and, and say, I'm tired of doing this on my own. I don't have a relationship with you, God. I've walked away from you, God, and I want what you're talking about this morning. I want that. I want to grow and experience a new peace, a new way of life. If that's you this morning and say, God, I, I open my life up to you. Just put up your hand this morning. Oh, praise God. Thank you. I see a hand in the middle here. Thank you. Anyone else this morning? Say, God, I, I, I thank you in the top there. Thank you, guys. Beautiful. Anyone else? Say, God, it's time. I'm, I don't want to do this anymore. And I, give, I give my mind. I give my, yeah, thank you on the side. Beautiful. Beautiful. Guys, this is beautiful what's happening in here. Guys, heaven is rejoicing right now. Heaven is rejoicing right now. The angels are celebrating. Each of you who just put up your hand, they're celebrating. Say, God, there's more. There's more that are coming. God, there's hearts that are being freed. God, there's a celebration going on right now. 
And so if you just raised your hand, you just pray this simple prayer. God, I give you my life this morning. You can just pray right where you're sitting. God, I give you my life this morning. I ask that you, Holy Spirit, would just come and fill me. I ask that you would forgive me of my sins and my pride. And I invite you to begin healing my mind and my heart and my past, healing my life. And I thank you, Jesus, for finding me today. Thanks for joining us on the GMC podcast. For more information about what's going on this week, check out gmchurch.ca. Thank you so much for listening and have a wonderful week.